All right, man. It feels good to be back in the live uh, podcasting seat this week. Um, anybody that's been following me on social media knows I've had a little bit of health issues. Also with the holidays, we had some pre-records. Uh, this is the first week back in the new year where I get to do two shows live each week that I do. One for my retail business, Lancaster Connects. And of course, you're watching the Big Ticket Life live here every Tuesday at noon. Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Give us a follow, share this show out, comment in the show. You can get some questions answered right away. Uh, certainly appreciate you joining me. I've got a wonderful guest, Chad Harward, Pinpoint Management. Welcome to the show today. Appreciate you taking the time out. Thanks, Jeff. Excited to be here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I think we're going to have a jam out on a good conversation. You know, you serve businesses a year old, uh, established businesses that at least have a year under their belt. They've kind of got out of that, uh, you know, that entrepreneur uh, hustle, start start their dream. They've got it cemented. They got their feet under them. They're off to the races, uh, helping them, you know, maybe just edge over that million dollar mark, get into that million to five million range. So there's a lot we can talk about. That's a world that I've lived in, served for a number of years. And uh, and so I'm excited to have this conversation. I thought we'd start, you know, there was something that came into my uh, I don't know if I want to call it focus because it was on social media, but it was an interesting debate. And it was through the lens of um, restaurants and food costs. And, mm-hmm. you know, should you pay attention to food costs if you have price elasticity where your your plate dollars, your margin dollars per plate, you're able to press, you know, press that upper level ceiling of things. You know, when, you know, you always take dollars to the bank, right? You don't take margin to the bank. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something a lot of folks need to first understand. But, you know, without, without biasing it with any more of my commentary, <laughs> you know, just, just with that, that, that what I've shared, let's have you, let's have you kind of weigh in. Does it, does it really matter or are there other circumstances in which, um, you can make up for that higher food cost? Yeah, great question. So, you know, cost of goods sold are always a critical key if we're, you, you got to know your math, which is a big point I wanted to really drive in today is, uh, the only math that really matters in business is your own math, which is where do I make maximum profit? Um, you know, we're not in business. We don't take this risk and this not only financial overhead, but, but emotional overhead to just pay bills, even to hire people, it's to make profit. And it often starts with how well do I know those costs? And we've all seen, I work in multiple industries, uh, construction, we've had supply chain issues. And now that that looks like it's going to be, you know, continue on and, and affect other industries like the restaurant industry. Um, we have to know and and factor all that in. And at the end of the day, I've got to be super aware of where my real costs are. And then I've got to be nimble, be able to pivot, knowing um, the only constant in business and life is change. And we've had tons of curveballs over the last three, four years between pandemics and inflation and recession. And I can't find enough help. And it's just, you know, a myriad of things. So to your point, yeah, I think um, number one, know what my real costs are. So I'm, you know, I'm not getting my margin chipped away as, um, things, you know, incrementally start ticking up. And second, it is about maximizing profit. So, um, 
you know, I tell my clients, if, if you're getting 10 out of 10, you know, bids, for example, or we're not getting any no's, then, then we probably need to raise prices because we're probably leaving money on the table. So that would be the other yeah. side of that coin, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And to kind of close the loop on that example, and it's like, uh, Chad, I, you're, you're not in the restaurant business. You're in, you're in the business of helping business owners achieve their dreams. And you do that really focusing on data. I love how you said, you know, your math is your math and know it. I think that is one of the first big takeaways from our time today. Um, that is so, so important. You know, it, it, it's interesting because part of that same conversation, uh, and these were two Facebook friends that started, you know, battling it out on, on social media, which is never productive, but it, it was, it was an appropriate lesson. And I think a lot of people, uh, who, who looked and chimed in and, and maybe paid attention, you know, hopefully learned something, you know, to me, you know, I, I threw in a comment of, well, to the, where, where it went is, you know, yeah, but your margin on a $16 chicken sandwich versus a $58 steak plate is so much better margin-wise. But again, margin doesn't go to the bank. And moreover, I don't know that somebody going for a $58 steak plate even cares about a chicken sandwich. Right. In, in what place, if any, might it even have on the menu? You know? Right. And, and, I think that was also an almost as appropriate lesson of know the audience, right? Like know who you serve. And you touched on that with if you're if you're just flying through getting those yeses, yeah, test that elasticity of pricing and offering. And what is that ceiling? Maybe you think you're at it, but you're not your customer, right? Right. Right. And you gotta be, you just have to have your finger on the pulse of that. Then you have to, it's really important, I think that you build the model that works for you. Um, too many times, and I've, I've fallen victim to this. Oh, I could do, you know, websites. We could get off into these ancillary areas. And in the end, we start watering down and getting so far off the beaten path of where we make the most money with the least amount of effort. Um, sticking with your um, restaurant theme, I like In-N-Out Burger, for example. You know, you got three choices. If you want one of these three, this is the place for you. If you want anything else off that menu, you probably are in the wrong place. And they I do a killer business because they can simplify their their model. I didn't even know they had two other choices. I just thought it was a cheeseburger with fries animal style, right? Like <laughs> I just thought that's what it exactly. was. That's right. Pretty much you boils know. down to that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. You brought up the construction example. You know, I had uh, someone who manufactured their own decking. And I said to them, I said, you know, we're in this moment in time. It, it really exploded in the last few years, but leading up to it, and this is when the conversation happened, I think it was like 16 or 17. You know, I said, we're in this moment of like the she shed and the man cave and, and these defined spaces for, you know, spouses at home. And I said, you make this decking. What, what's it cost to put in color into the decking? Like color as in sports team colors. Oh, it's, it's minimal. I said, well, can you get it right? Like, can you get like, I'm an Eagles fan. Can you get Eagles green? Yeah, <laughs> we can do that. Okay. And you can get all the other colors, right? Yeah. I said, well, there you go. There, there's a tremendous way to improve margin. And the reality is, 
it was negligible in cost of goods, but the premium by which you could now charge for Eagles Green Green, right? right? Whatever green that is. I don't know what the color spec number is, but a true fan knows it. Or to pay homage to our wonderful producer, Chris from Cast Ahead, who, by the way, if you need anything podcasting, mm. is the guy to go to. His Lions, his Detroit Lions, which are on a tear right now, if you want Lions blue and silver. You know, and so I, so he ran with that and was able to, to really increase the the retail of those decking boards, 15 to 20%. Um, and uh, all the labor remained the same. The cost to sell the job remained the same. On, on the surface, I would argue when you found that affinity of that diehard sports fan or NASCAR fan or whatever, um, you, you probably closed the, the duration of the sales process because like, yeah, I'm in, I want that person. Right. Absolutely. So, so those let's, let's maybe talk about those intangibles in business that don't necessarily show up on the balance sheet, like things that are special that business owners can do to connect and create that affinity. What are some things you do? Uh, maybe if you got one or two things you like to kind of install in your playbook, let's jam on that for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think anymore, especially since COVID hit, um, consumer sentiment, consumer, the way they buy, the th- the way they prioritize consumption and what they buy and why they buy it, um, more importantly, has is, is really been magnified. And I believe um, people need to feel safe. They need certainty. You know, we've got a motto in our business uh, that in life, some things are uncertain. That's been kind of the theme over the last four years, but your business doesn't have to be. And when it comes to people, there are certain, they want certainty. They want, um, first of all, they want to know they're dealing with a specialist, that whatever they're getting to your point, you know, I've got the deck guy, but it's my deck guy. Or, I mean, it's almost like the uh, doctor, dentist, we don't care what they cost. In fact, we freak out if they retire or they're gone on vacation because like, what am I going to do? That's my guy. That's that's my, I don't care what the price is. And that's the sweet spot uh, in any economy that you want to get into that um, money is not the object. It's uh, your brand. It's the experience. It's the feeling. And so uh, having, first of all, somebody that I know from your branding standpoint, that's why this simplicity is so key. To own 100% of a small niche is better than owning a tiny bit of a giant pie. They need to know, what do you specialize in? What problem do you solve for me? And why are you different than the other choices I've got? The second piece to that is once you get them there, then you come at it from a human standpoint. So we've revamped our whole marketing strategy the last uh, 12 months from features and benefits to what we do to here's five different people that were exactly where you're at. They were losing sleep over their business for the exact same reasons. Wondering if there's ever they're ever going to be able to retire. Wonder if they are always going to be babysitting their employees. Can they ever go on a vacation 
and truly unplug from their business without taking their phone with them and losing sleep, wondering what haven't I caught today? And they might as well be at work because their spouse says, yeah, you you came, but you weren't with me. So those types of things, um, being able to solve human, uh, connect with them on a human level. So that's my tip. I think that's that's revolutionized or a major shift in marketing is to move away from all your widgets, all your bullet points of what you do and really connect with your best client. What are they stressed about? What are they losing sleep about? Because they've always want to buy, they're buying change. They're buying, can you level me up? Can you reduce my stress? Can you make me feel amazing? And those emotional components have always been part of the, we always buy emotionally first and then defend it logically. But now COVID, since COVID, it requires us to lead with that. You got to lead with the human side of what you do and the problem you solve and connect with them as, hey, I get you. I know where you're coming from. I felt that. We've got 20 other people that I talked to this week that are losing sleep for the same reason or want to level up their personal uh, confidence or reduce their stress or spend more time with their family because they're tired of watching their life and the more important things pass them by because their business runs them. That's a whole different context than, hey, here's a cool solution and here's 10 reasons why it will solve your problem. Um, That... That to me has been a major uh, noticeable shift in um, the economy and the, the market and how people, uh, what what moves the needle for them right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can, we'll, we'll unravel a lot of what you just said. I mean, the, one of the things that really stood out to me is the, you know, mastering a niche and not having a slice of a giant pie. Mm-hmm. You know, so one of the businesses that I own is a retail mattress store, Gardner's Mattress and More. And, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. You can Google it. You'll see our reputation. We stand out in the industry. We're leaders in our industry. Uh, we're a leader in our marketplace. And, um, you know, you can, you can check that out and people who follow the show have. And, and we are that hundred percent of a niche. It's funny. The chicken sandwich would come up earlier because we <laughs> explain to people and my team, you know, we say to people like, look, you come to us because you're looking to solve your sleep problems. You're looking to solve all the problems that are derived from poor sleep in life because you're sick of it. You're sick of not feeling well. You're sick of feeling unproductive. You understand that sleep's that third leg of the stool of a life well-lived. Health, uh, a healthy life is diet, exercise, and sleep. And honestly, with the new year, we've been saying a lot, like, look, what we do here supports your new, your new year's resolutions, supports whatever you've carried over positive from last year. It continues. This is something that resets every night. And when you have one bad night, you know, like good sleep doesn't necessarily compound, but bad sleep does. You know, right. if you've slept good for a week, but then had a terrible night of sleep, you don't like, there's not a, there's not a credit that like carries over, right? It's not like a solar right. system with batteries where the, you know, <laughs> if it's a cloudy day for three days, you still got power. It doesn't work that way. Right. And so we really stress the power of sleep. And that's our purpose is, to make our community a better, more productive place. So you're happier. So you leave in the morning, not upset at your spouse. Cause you know, God forbid there's an accident on the way to work for both of you. And you were cranky in the morning cause you didn't sleep good. You hadn't slept good. And you maybe fired off something you didn't 
you weren't most proud of, or you said something bad to your kids you weren't most proud of, and now they're in school all day and, and they get a bad test score because of it. Like it really comes down to that. It comes down to that purpose and that human connection. And when we believe in it and live it as we do, it comes through. So I love that you shared about owning that niche. The other thing we tell our guys and, and tell our customers is look, you come to us, it's like going to a steakhouse. So we're going to specialize in what we have. So those peripheral things like furniture and headboards and day beds, like you're going to, you're going to get what we give you and be happy with it. Or you're just going to get it from somewhere else because we're so focused on that niche. Have you worked through with folks where that's been a struggle? I don't want to say no to this thing over here because I really need it. Like I need a sale. What's, what's been that genesis for you and how do you help people through it? Yeah. You know what? That's a, that, that is, that is a great question. Um, we, uh, probably the very first thing is, you know, it's our blessing and curse as entrepreneurs is, um, everything looks amazing. You know, we're like kids (laughs) in a candy store. We can do all of those things. And probably my biggest, uh, how always happens on the front end. And then we keep having to rein our clients back in along the way. Cause even as we start making money at the flagship, then it's like the first thing they want to do is, Hey, what about this other business? I think I could open a fitness club and that sounds fun. And, uh, we got, you know, staying, staying reined in even within your own business. So, um, it is tough to say no to people. It is tough to say no to, man, I've got a job. Um, with, for example, with my contractor clients, um, you know, they just are trying to keep their guys busy. That's, that's forefront in their mind instead of, you know, we need to make money. We need to make profit. And, uh, as business owners, regardless of what line of business you're in, not all of your customers are created equal. You, you make more money off of certain types of jobs, certain types of clients, and the more we can get disciplined in saying uh, no to the ones that just don't make us money, just barely breaking even, or um, even if I make some profit, but I can make twice as much profit by, you know, saying waiting and leaving space. I uh, I use a analogy of a bus with in my business trainings when when we decide to commit to owning our own business instead of having a job, we get our own shiny bus. And on the bus, there's a limited number of seats. Some of those seats are for your staff to support you in fulfillment. Uh, Some of the seats, limited number, are for your customers. There's a certain limit that we can service within a day, week, month, year. And... uh and there's one seat on the you know on the bus for the driver and as the business owner that's our seat and we can't yeah. delegate that cuz it's our bus and we got two jobs one is to identify where the bus is going and it's right on the front of the bus telling everyone that's coming on to support us whether they're customers or staff here's what we're about here's here's um here's our here's where we're heading headed and why we're going there um and so when it comes to filling seats of customers on your bus, again, there is a limited number of seats. We don't have infinite amount of time or energy to service everybody 
and say yes to everybody. In fact, we don't want everybody. And when I ask business owners, they say, oh yeah, I don't want everybody. But the first opportunity that comes up that, hey, could you like come and, you know, yep. hang a door for us for half what you'd normally make on the same hour of work? They go, oh, I guess, because we're not really busy. And so they do that very thing. And uh, it shows up when we go to raise prices. Um, I ask them, you know, what's the first thing uh, goes through your mind if you, if I say you need to raise your prices 20% to make the profit that you need to exit your business in five years or less? And they go, well, then I'm going to lose my customers. And I do the math with them. We do a break even index and we do the math where you could lose uh, 20% of your uh, 10 to 20% of your current customers and still arrive. Yeah. on time, on budget, where you want to go because you were disciplined to, to only letting the people on your bus that were willing to pay and able to pay the full ticket price to be on your bus. And then I say, and that, that means you've got a couple empty seats. Is it okay if you arrive at your destination working less, working 10 to 20% less and still hitting your nut in five years or less is it okay to work less and make more money? And they all go, oh yeah, I guess that's the objective is not spin the wheel as fast as I can, but actually just, I just need to hit my number and I'd rather do that sooner than later. Uh, it, we don't know how much time we're going to have. We don't have unlimited amounts of time. So this whole piece of being disciplined to only do the jobs that work for you first, not, well, I'll say yes to them and I'll try to morph my business into somehow yeah. scraping together the profit I need. It not only does it, and and then how do you feel about that job every time you go on, you know, you service that customer, you're working on that project. If you know it's half of what you should be making, we all know how we feel about that job the whole time. It's like, why did I yeah. say yeah. yes to them? So yeah, it, it, yeah. it's a ripple and, and, effect. And often, yeah. And often, you know, so there are a few things, uh, two points I want to kind of uh, pull out of what you just shared, which again has been great. So uh, thank you for sharing your wisdom with, with our watchers and listeners on the show. Um, uh, there's actually three things I want to circle back on what you shared so that, you know, that, that, that price shopper, you often see it, um, you know, social media marketplaces, community pages. Hey, looking for a reasonable blank. I've checked around. And so I'm aware of, and they might list off two, three places, which is basically code for, I've gotten their quotes and they're too expensive for me. Right. Right. Um, large, I mean, not every time. I, I, I rarely, I, I, I shouldn't say rarely. I try to speak not speak in absolutes because that's not necessarily fair. I can't possibly know every situation, but most of the time that's the case. Um, and so as you're, as you're identifying as a business owner, you know, I'll share what we do in the, in the retail store. And this is what I coach the folks that I work with. So, you know, we have working for us after 34 years in the county and 12 years of my co-ownership, we have a tremendous reputation. And we have a tremendous referral machine. And so our languaging when greeting somebody is, you know, did you happen to see our reviews or who referred you? 
And, you know, getting that out in some combination thereof, um, you know, I don't, I don't dictate what we say every time, but we have those milestones, right? Those guideposts in the conversations. So asking if you've read our reviews, asking who referred you is, is a must. How you say it, I'm not so hung up on. But that's, in, that's uh, some, some intelligence. You know, if somebody says, yeah, I, I read your reviews, I read like five, six of them, loved them, and like, yep, you were the place we came to first. Well, the next question isn't, well, let me show you this, or it's not the next qualifying questions, which I don't even like that word qualifying because it's mm-hmm. like they're in front of you. They're a person and they want to fix their problem. That's qualification enough for right. now. What fixes that is tell me what you loved about our reviews. What really stuck with you? You know, or the referral, if we get the name, it's like, hey, that fantastic. Actually, they were one of my guests or they were Chad's guest or Phil's guest or Drew's guest, however, whatever it might do. And if you don't know, we, we go to back to the computer and we look, right? Because birds of a feather fly together, typically. Right. And so to me, that's where you start like the, the social media example, the languaging example. That's where you start to separate like who these good customers are and are because you can't always know. Um, and so what, what do you see? What are, what are some tips there for people so they can discern, I shouldn't be hanging that door for half price. Oh, the last point, you know, the, specifically to the contracting world, you know, I, I can't imagine there's not a builder that if you're going to lose money or break even, go, go at least do sales generating efforts, right? And so if you're a fencing contractor, like I've got a good friend I've made in the last year, Dave Gatto from Future Solutions. Like to me, to not sell in to a $9,000, $15,000, $30,000 fence job, an annual or a, a lifetime offering it will come inspect. Uh, first two years of our work is guaranteed labor. You pay for parts. You know, so that means if your kid throws a baseball through the vinyl picket on a cold day and breaks it, you know, you pay for the picket. We'll come out and fix it. Now, of course, you can manage that when you're in the neighborhood, right? HVAC, like filters are cheap, man. But three times a year, you ought to be, or four times a year, quarterly, you ought to be changing those things, right? Especially if you got right. four seasons. Yep. So if you're going to lose money, if you're going to lose your profit to keep your people busy, keep them busy getting in front of your customers. If you're an HVAC person getting in your customer's home four times a year with free filters for 99 bucks a year or you know, and inspections or whatever, however you want to mold that offer, that's the kind of thing you should be doing in my opinion. Because if you're going to forego your profit and forego operating cash flow just to meet payroll, well, at least meet it with money-producing actions. I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It um, it really comes down to um, that's what we call a loss leader, uh, and you just plan on losing money on that. But the upside of it is so it, it pays off dividends. Where you there's something you can give them that um, yeah, like the filter example doesn't cost you anything, and and then you know our guys will you know put. Then you package that into a maintenance program and you educate them on, hey, you know what? Us coming around every three months to make sure, you know, you don't need to worry about 
doing, you know, figuring out where the filter is or going out and getting filters. We will take care of that for you and we will clean it all out so that you don't, uh, there's two, two big wins to you, Mr. Customer is, uh, you don't have to worry about it. And second, we save you thousands of dollars. Um, on the front end by proactively taking care of and looking at that. So you can just live your life worrying. You don't need to worry about, you know, a furnace. Uh, you shouldn't have to worry about that. That's our job. And, uh, to your point, packaging things that have perceived value. You know, I, I use examples of, uh, vehicles that cost 120,000. Or a vehicle that costs 10000 Both of them will get you from point A to point B. But somehow there's perceived value difference of to the tune of $110,000 that has nothing to do with driving the car from point A to point B, obviously. And somebody's willing to drop that you know, on the table because it's largely emotional. If I feel different in the $120,000 car than I do the $10,000. And you know what? That can often be enough. That's, that's, all, that's the only reason I get. We're all very loyal to our brands, even $2 tubes of toothpaste, because we're sure that what's in our toothpaste makes my teeth whiter than the, than the, you know, the other brand. Even though if you look at ingredients, they've all got the same exact same ingredients. It's just packaging and my brand loyalty. So you can, you can use that not in a, so first of all, perception is reality in business and in marketing. So as business owners, we can package that. We, that's why it's so critical to know the emotional dynamic of our, of our clients, knowing what makes them tick, what matters to them, because uh, we'll pay all kinds of convenience fees and uh, donate billions of dollars a year to charities and causes that we don't get anything material for. It's all a feeling and a, you know, because it makes me feel good. And that's, that's what's important to me. And the dollar amount is relative. By the same token, it can be $100 that, man, that was the worst $100 I've ever spent. If it doesn't line up with something that was really, um, that moved the needle from a value standpoint for me. And so huge opportunity there for us as, as business owners to look at, look at what you do. Cause often when I'm, when I'm working with a, a business owner, they're, they're usually doing amazing things for their clients to keep, to keep loyalty, to, to have retention, right. just to, to do good business. And it's like, you could charge extra for that. Like you've got three levels of service here and you don't realize it that they will pie, you know, just like, you know, I'd like the suite at the hotel. Um, there's a room here, um, but I want the one on the, on the top floor facing the city. And I'm willing to pay for that because I've got this one, you know, special event and it needs to go a certain way. And money is no object at that point. So when we can find things, it's not like we're taking advantage of the client. We're just simply helping them have not only physically lining up with their need, but but emotionally checking the boxes too. Because in the end, it's an experience. And they walk away from that vacation or whatever. That It's just a memory at that point. It's like, man, that was the best money I've ever spent. I will, you know, we'll talk about that for years. That was totally worth paying a yeah. premium 
for what we did. So lots of opportunities there. Yeah. I mean, well, again, I mean, we're, we're kind of jamming out here, uh, mind melding and really in the same light of things and thought of running business, you know, in, in our, in our retail business experience is everything, you know, like the folks that I counsel specifically in, in that industry, you know, I say, look, if, if you're going to compete on price, if that's your value prop, you can try. You are up against some incredible, incredible competition. Amazon, you know, Walmart, club stores. I mean, even Costco. Shopping at Costco is at least an experience. You go, you, you go around and you get the little food samples as you go around and then you get your $1.50 hot dog. And it's a little experience in and of itself. You want to compete with that. I see, I see retailers now, uh, and it's expensive. It's expensive. I'm going, we're going through it right now. My business partner today is on the delivery truck today because we had to let go of our lead delivery driver, just was no longer congruent with our culture. It's expensive. I've done the math. It costs us about $3,400 a week to run our delivery truck. All in. Lease payment, fuel, payroll, taxes, benefits. So I know the math. And so, I mean, we offset by that by charging for delivery, but not every week do we cover that. And so everything that our customers... um do and get an experience they pay for and they pay for with our margin. Now we don't rip people off. You know, the value, you know, actually again, people go to our reviews. It, it, it's funny because I know we don't compete on price and yet people often talk about value. Two different things, right? right. And, and so I'll have you, I'll have you, you know, go into that, the, the value price and the difference between the two in the customer's mind. But Everything we do, um, our customers essentially pay for in the margin that we get because we reinvest that into their experience. You know, we have the cool, it's from Scent Air. Uh, yeah, it's the same aroma therapy, uh, aroma sensory experience that's like in the casinos, right? We right. have that. We've got, we've got music that we've actually licensed, which anybody playing music in a brick and mortar establishment really ought to be checking this out because as the music industry continues to, turn and that world turns they're looking for every dime they possibly can get so if you're playing if you're playing spotify through your phone in your commercial business without a a proper license that is that is a blind spot if you're not aware of it i share that because within that music license we also have marketing messages that play through and reinforce why they're in our business okay it's it's not all the time but you know every every six to eight songs i think it comes up you know, so there, there's experience there. There's there's gifts when you leave because you spend a ten thousand dollar investment with us on a mattress. I feel bad just giving you a sheet of paper on an invoice, right? We got to carry over right. that joy, you know. And actually, I, I I look I look like genius right now because we've long been doing the really cool color uh, true flask um, like water cups. Right. Mm. Like the Stanley mugs that are all the rage right now for 150 bucks. Right. Well, we give you two of those. So, like, right now, the value of that and customers have been saying it as of late, like, wow, this is fantastic. I was going to go buy one of these. I can give this to my kid and save 150 bucks. And, and so everything we do 
And essentially, our, our guests, they do, they do invest in, but we give it back. There's gifts after the sale. We give it back. And that's that difference of value and price. So again, as we look to wrap up, I know you have an event coming up. So let's talk about value and price. And then let's talk about your event in April coming up and, and what people will get out of that. Absolutely. Yeah. So value price, man, that's, that's where the rubber meets the road on, on how successful we are financially and how much we can retain the attract and retain uh, the people on our bus that, that they're excited about doing business with us versus the myriad of choices out there. And the real, the real difference is, uh, when you look at value, it, it really boils down to knowing what's, what, what are people emotionally willing and, and willing to pay for? Um, what problem do we solve? Um, how do we make them feel? Uh, reputation, uh, convenience lowers my stress. Um, you know, you think for me, um, I, it makes me feel better about myself, whatever those things are, um, flexibility, um, those are those are the things that people. Those are the other things beyond the just the the widget that they're buying the the material. Um, we've got it. We there's the the human packaging there, and if we don't identify what we are uniquely what what value we uniquely have to offer them um, with our business with our solution, the only thing left that they have to make a decision on is price. And this is where business owners get frustrated that people nickel and dime them. It's like, but your job is to educate them on making a great decision, whether it's you or someone else. Um, have you identified the value propositions that matter to them and how you deliver on that? If you don't, and it's just, well, we have the grit, we've got the lowest price, best service, best quality, which by the way, they already know you can't do all three of those. So you'll scare them off. Secondly, to your point, Grandpa yeah. had that sign hanging up in his garage. <laughs> yeah, that is it, it's just not true. And there and there can only be one low price leader, like you mentioned. It's a I don't it's a race to the bottom. I don't want that model. So in the end, um, you can't use the age-old three, but if you want, if you let's say your your niche and your value is uh, we've got an amazing service um program. And for example, our quarterly maintenance program where we'll come in and take care of, you know, X, Y, and Z for you. And we also do these things and provide you monthly information on the value of, uh, the current value of the, you know, the, uh, the project that we built or whatever and how to maintain that. All of these things are value adds and those things I'm willing to pay for. If otherwise it turns into, a commodity. When it's just about price, it means okay. Then the low price lead, you know, wins. And I've had people lose twenty thousand dollar jobs over a hundred dollars different in the bid, and they're thinking, well, they just they nickel and dime me. It's like, no, you didn't communicate at least another hundred dollars worth of value to them. Yeah. They're not going to not do business with you for a hundred dollars on a big ticket item like that. A lot of times, that's where we go. So. Again, looking in the mirror here, the bus driver's job is to also uh, open and close the door and let whoever you know they're in charge of who gets on the bus. And mm -hmm. when it when it, when it comes down to customers, 
So if you've got that 80-20 customer that is giving you 80-20% of your, you know, customers give you 80% of your headaches and problems, somebody let them on the bus and that would be the driver. At some point you said yes. And we got to make sure we know the difference of of whose role is what in this relationship. The bus driver's job is to create value equivalent to the price of their ticket. Uh, the customer's job is to afford the price of the ticket. It's not my job as the bus driver to lower my price so you can afford to get on my bus no matter what. And my job is to make sure that you walk away going, man, that was way worth the price of that ticket. Um, yep. They over-delivered. And so that's that's the key here. And then it makes it easy for us to say, no, I'm sorry, we're not your fit because because they'll work us like, well, I want, I know you're the best. Can I be on your bus for 10% less? Like, no, yep. you can't because I don't want to be driving this bus forever. My price is set that I can park the bus in five years or less. And if I say no, yes to you, that means I just added another five years to my bus drive and I'm not willing to do that. And that is the key of realizing that time is our most valuable asset as business owners. Um, act, and the money just determines how long is it going to take me to, to drive this bus. In the end, I just need X amount in the bank. And then I want some choices for talking about big, t- big ticket life. I don't want to take maximum amount of time to have my big ticket life. I want it sooner. And I've yeah. had plenty of plenty of business owners that come home and uh, didn't get the news they wanted from the doctor and uh, thought, man, I am glad I had this business running the way it is so it doesn't require me because suddenly my timeline is shorter than I thought and I want to make the most of it. And that's really what business is. It's a vehicle for freedom, which is what we're about at Pinpoint is maximizing your freedom in time and money by doing what you love. And there's a mathematical equation. We've talked about value. We've talked about knowing your lane and holding your holding your lane and and who to say yes to, who to say no to. Um, and all of that drives to you should be, you should get payoff for taking on all the emotional and financial risk and and working yeah. that equity that you should get a payoff in maximum time and money freedom um, on the backside of your business. So absolutely. Yeah, I love that. And and my guess is that in 86 days, it looks like April 19th. Yes. Uh, folks can join you. Uh, I guess this is an in-person event there in uh, Utah, Salt Lake City. Yeah. Um, they can join you for this event and uh, you know gain exposure and invest in themselves, right? That's the thing. I mean... Businesses who are doing five million didn't get there solely because they got all the answers on when to open the door and close the door on the bus. They didn't get there because they got all the answers on how many seats belong in operations, how many seats belong in sales, how many seats belong in fulfillment, and who are those people within those seats, and how do you make them great humans for you and for themselves, right? And and there's so many things I guess people can learn. It, it, what is the focus of the event there? Yeah, April nineteenth. Yeah, so that uh, that event is all about uh, maximizing your team because as we talk about, we talk about the other seats too, the the staff, 
Um, if you want to get out of a job with your name on, a lot of times we think initially it's like, okay, I quit that job. Woohoo. Now I got my own business. I'm free. And then it doesn't take long before we realize, wait a minute, I don't have any paid time off. There's no guaranteed check coming in and I'm working around the clock. That's not what I wanted this, you know, entrepreneurial, uh, journey to be. So we've got to add people at some point to leverage time because you've got, you know, finite amount of time. Then we got to leverage other people's skill sets, other people's hours to get them on our bus to support where our bus is going. And they've staff have choices of which buses to be on as well. Um, just like customers have choices of who to do business with the collateral for a, a staff member is time. Like I've got so many years in my life and where I'm choosing to donate my skills and my time that I'm never going to get back. Is your bus the best choice for that? Or is it someone else's? So we've got to follow that same formula of find out what's important to that person. Why would they support me and my vision and my bus versus the infinite number of other choices they've got out there that they're more than qualified for? Um, we've got to win them over. Same rules apply. They're not a per, they're not a number. They're a person. And we identify, Hey, here's where you fit perfectly on our bus from an emotional standpoint. This you're, you are exactly the type of person that, that feeds, that, that, uh, endorses our culture. And this is the difference we make because. Um, because of what we do, these are the lives we change. This is the difference you'll make by, um, by offering your skill sets. And so this summit, effective leadership is all about how do we get out of our own way as business owners? How do we trust our people? How do we level them up? How do we have systems and processes setting them up to win? Uh, back in this last thriving economy, uh, back to the contractor example. Um, we had another issue where it's like, man, we're so busy. And, right. and they, they resorted to what I call throwing people at problems at that point. We're so yeah. busy. I don't have a training program. I don't even have time to train them, but just get more people, get more people and the, it'll work out. You know, we'll figure it out as we go. And all they did was burn a lot of payroll overhead. So it's about. Um, knowing what to do with the people when you get them. Do they, are they set up to win? Do, are there measurements? Do they know their role? Do they know when they're, um, do they have something they're shooting for? These top uh, tier type A personalities that everybody wants that require little to no management. They need, they need numbers. They need systems, processes, um, you know, structure and, uh, it's like breathing. That's like air to those types of people. Yeah. And, the, and the minute you show, well, you know, we're figuring this out as we go. You'll figure it out. You know, they'll go, hey, let me off at the next stop because this is not my bus. You don't keep those kind of people. You, well, who you will keep are the people that are willing to just sit and ride and collect a paycheck and not contribute. And they're the people that frustrate yep. us just like the bad customers that won't, you know, pay our value. It's like we're we're actually endorsing the very people on our teams that we don't want because we don't have the structure, the measurements, the systems and process and the expectations in a way and supporting them with good communication and resources and training 
to set them up to win. They don't get on buses that, man, I hope I can flame out at this job and this will be a bad experience for me. They want to win, but we don't yeah. put them in an environment to do that. So this summit is um, is all about maximizing that top, one of the top two expenses in your business and how to get the most out of your people, how to have the right number of people, what type of people you should have on your team and how to maximize and set them up to win. And by the way, um, I should mention, we're actually streaming that as well. So whether you're, you know, whether you're local or if you want to catch us online, we'll have that available. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, you know, it's interesting. You bring that up, throwing people at problems. My son, oldest son, you know, he graduated uh, local career center with a construction certificate. So started in the fall with with a, with a company, and you know, quickly I realized this is somebody that doesn't have any process at all. There's no pathway for training. You know, he was you know being verbally abused by the old guys, which you know is part and parcel of that trade. There's always going to be that element. It doesn't make it right. It just makes it what it is. And uh, you know, I. So we would talk about his day, talk about his week, what's ahead. And, you know, I said, well, look, they, it, it's obvious there isn't a process in place. And so, you know, what you need to be is, is value added because you're going to have to find a way to struggle through what you don't know yet, which isn't your fault. You're brand new, you know? Um, right. And, and so he started looking to YouTube for, he, cause he would understand the jobs ahead and he'd start looking at videos and, you know, the final straw for him was there was a, a a wood flooring install. And so he really dug deep on that one. Like, you know, what's going to happen, how to lay out the product because you want to get it acclimated, um, all of that stuff. And then he was pulled off that job. Um, and that was the final straw. He was really looking forward to that one. And, you know, it was, it was just sad. And this was a business in the, in the fall Q3 latter half of Q3 of 22 mm -hmm. that had already seen a drop off of jobs because they were so focused on that, that, that gold rush yeah. right, that happened in the home. My business benefited from it. Uh, 20, end of 20, 21 and 22. It was just a gold rush in the, in the home. Mm -hmm. Anything related to home, man, just, you know, blew up. Oh yeah, but they but they were already fracturing at that point in time, and you know it's it's I never like to see businesses struggle, and it was just it was a learning lesson, uh, and it's proven good for my son, and you know I hope that business learned, but uh, but yeah, throwing people with problems is just not a good thing, um, you know. Uh, anecdotally, as we look to wrap up, um, you know we we had to let go of our lead delivery driver, and it was. Really unfortunate because we've exemplified a company that invests in people and growing people. We helped an employee last year, a three-month transition. They wanted to move upstate New York and, and be with their college-age kids that since graduated and be closer to them and the lives that they established up there. And, and we worked through a three-month transition. Um, and when that person left us, you know, it was, we were so appreciative and sent them on their way with um, a nice new king-size mattress as a, as a way of saying thank you. And 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 so that was seen and and we let everybody know and then this person decides i'm going to go get a trade certificate at night school and i'm going to tell my boss my wife's taking a part-time job and i really looked at myself like as a leader what did i do to create that and you know there were so many other examples of pouring into people that we do 
And then it was validated yesterday that sometimes you do just have bad people and you as a leader need to recognize that. Mm-hmm. And, and it was validated yesterday when one of my other lead guys says, you know what, Jeff, my goal around here is to be your operations manager someday and I'm going to make it so you can't deny me that. I'm like, challenge accepted. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, awesome. and, and, and so sometimes there just are those bad apples and you didn't go mm-hmm. and you didn't grow them, but you got to pull them out. And your event will help with that and so many other things. So April 19th, uh, they're on your website, uh, ppmanagement.com slash events, I believe, is where you go directly. We have it on the screen and um, you there it is. And uh, we just said it, ppmanagement.com slash event. That would be the place to go. Looks like you're offering a discount right now. So that's fantastic. You can attend it anywhere in the world. Uh, so please, uh, please do check out uh, Chad's event there on April 19th. Chad, any, uh, any parting words for you as we look to wrap up our time? Yeah, you know, I um, just sympathize with any entrepreneurs out there that are frustrated, um, no matter where we're at. You know, we work with business owners who are million-dollar companies and $20 million companies and everywhere in between, owner-operator, 50 employees. It can be tough. It can be super frustrating. Uh, it's always a moving target as we've all Realize, especially recently in running a business and uh, just just the moving target. So, um, you know, I would uh, additionally, if if you would like some additional, just an outside look. Sometimes it's helpful. Uh, you know, schedule. I'll give you my calendar. Uh, schedule some time with with me, and I'll give you a straight scoop on. Um, what I see, if I were driving your bus, um, just go to chatswithpinpoint.com. And um, we're just here to help business owners maximize their freedom, um, whether we're the solution or we give them that, oh, that's what I've been. That's why I can't, you know, why I keep running into the into that, uh, you know, wall over and over again. Um, and it's tricky. You know, I've experienced these glass ceilings in my business as you grow and you get what you want. And then it's the classic, what got me here won't get me there. Um, and shifting, if you remember the uh, monkey bars in grade school, you want to get to the other side, but you can't do it in one swing. There's multiple bars in between. And yeah. I believe that's what growing a business is like. You need to know, um, okay, I know I want to be out of this in five years or have this lifestyle, this much in the bank. But there's a lot of steps between now and then that you know a five million dollar company is much different than a one million dollar company, and likewise the further up you go. So then it's a matter of okay, what's my next rung? What should my prices be? Will uh, will outgrow the customers today that make sense? You know tomorrow, and um, we need to know what those levels are incrementally, including our team. Our business often will outgrow the skill set of your current team. So those people on the bus, you need to realize, you know, that's why that door opens and closes every block because every year, every cycle, season, okay, looks like we need to, you know, we got a new, you know, new team coming off the bench to get us to the next level. So number one, knowing, you know, what those incremental, you know, measurable jumps are. And two, if if you're having a difficulty time difficulty deciding, okay, well, who is my best customer? What do they value? Um, what is the next most important thing for me to level up in my business so I get past, you know, my million? Um, 
often just getting an outside perspective and somebody that's not a, you know emotionally attached to all yeah. the decisions um, that can make all the difference. So happy to support uh, your listeners any way we can. Um, and just again, super grateful for the opportunity, Jeff, to to be out here. We we're just very passionate about um, helping businesses as you are, and um, thanks for letting us be you know, part of what you've built and, um, super, super, uh, excited and, uh, willing to help anybody we can. Wonderful. Wonderful. And again, if in case you missed it, chat with pinpoint.com would be a place to go. And, uh, looks like they can get on a call with the team there. Uh, Chad, thank you so much. April 19th is your effective leadership event. Uh, it could be in person. If you're able to get to Salt Lake city, Utah, if not, you can tune in just like this, stream it, uh, you go to ppmanagement.com slash event. Chad, thank you so much for uh, taking the time here. I really appreciate you today. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Everybody else, thanks again for tuning in. Please subscribe to the show, whatever platform you're watching, whether that's Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube. We're on that podcast player. We're on all of them. That helps us so much with this show. When we get it shared, we'd love for you to do that. And uh, we'll see you next week on The Big Ticket Life. Take care. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own big ticket life, and now it's time to live yours. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.thebigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what is impossible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, it's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners, and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket method shifts you into that investor seat in your business, away from commodity and away from competition, into a market of one, so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. Two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now. Accept this gift. Book your call. Go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.